Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Todd and Taylor Show. I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask, and we're back. Yay! Yes, we're back. It feels like it's been a while since we've done this. My God, it's uh, been it, it has been it has been a, a long time. Well, it's been a long time since a traditional Todd and Taylor Show because we've done well, a couple uh, episodes of what we're calling coffee and comics where if you uh, are sitting there on a saturday or sunday morning you want to get your coffee and, and know what to read check those out um for sure there are last i think four or five episodes were coffee and comics yeah um, we're doing a were- more like the, the the throwback old school podcast tonight where we're gonna talk about a bunch of news and then uh dive a little deep into some stuff we like and uh yeah yeah, and there's a lot of there a lot has passed us by since we last chatted. I feel like yeah, that's like every major I mean, every major thing. And in fact, I'm going to add one more thing. We have like a, a list of show notes. We're looking. <laughs> I'm going to add one more thing real quick that no, I that's cool. we haven't talked about yet. I actually, I mean, one of the cool things about doing coffee and comics is that we're not so pressed upon doing like current events and trying to keep up. So yeah, yeah. The uh, flip side of that is when we do something like this, where we're going to check in on some current events. There's a whole bunch of current events. Um, yeah, so uh, I think you wrote something down that we actually took a, an entire episode on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, did we really? Yes, we have. We have, in fact, done a Thor Ragnarok episode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I'm watching the Google Doc light up with. Uh, I I thought I dreamed that because I'm okay. So so no. full disclosure. We, de- we definitely convened for a Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I uh, oh, you're right. You're right because what happened? Okay, so in the interim, since we've done that. I have uh, moved into our house completely. Like we had like a whole move day. Thanksgiving happened. I traveled back. Like I've been traveling. I've, and then all these other work things are going on in the background. So like it, it feels like I it feels like Thor came out like three months ago. But that was I mean what barely a month ago. If, yeah, if that. that's true. <laughs> that's amazing. Beginning ish of November. <laughs> have you changed your thoughts on Thor Ragnarok at all? Because the podcast you seemed a little negative on it. Yeah, yeah. Great question. Actually, I. In hindsight, the 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 parts that were really good are shining, you know, even brighter in my mind. Um, there's, I've had some time to process it. I think I need to get better at this. And I heard this mentioned in another podcast too, where they saw, and we'll we'll get to this soon. Uh, Justice League, and, and the person reviewing it was basically writing their own version of the movie, and the other guy had to literally say, "Stop writing a better movie. Review the one that happened." <laughs> and like, I kind of have that. I feel like I'm kind of getting into that mode myself, where instead of just appreciating the thing on its own merits, I try to write, you know, something, you know, I, I basically make, make a, you know, gold out of what could have been. And I, I need to stop doing that so much. So I think in, the, in that respect, my thoughts, I still, there's a lot of it I thought could have been way better, but I think again, based on what we did see, I, I yeah, I'll, I'm going to watch it again for sure when it comes out on uh, digital and it may, it may creep its way into my, my consciousness a little bit more. Well, I do have a little bullet we could talk about quickly, which is uh, Google Play had a big 50% off Black Friday deal, so I finally got my own copy of Ant-Man. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> um, but we we have big news today, I mean, in, in the scope of entertainment and nerddom, which is that uh, the American Gods showrunners have left the series. Yes. Um, which is, a, I, I think, a big deal because I, it wasn't exactly like an auteur project, but definitely... Um, when uh, is it Fuller when he came on it's, when it was like yeah like it's that Michael was a big Green, deal Michael Green and then Brian Fuller uh, yeah. who's known in many circles was you know worked on Hannibal worked on numerous different things um, they came on and it really I think a lot of people follow them into the project right and and I I'll, I'll argue it's their involvement that probably 
tilted it into something that I was never going to be a fan of. I think, you know, they had an opportunity oh. to do the book a lot more loyally. And I think maybe uh, Showtime was, or not, not Showtime, Jesus, Stars could have, you know, maybe in early meetings would have gone that direction. And I think these guys made it way more psychedelic and, and just sort of, there was sort of a sitcom-y aspect to it that I just, I didn't, when it was all said and done, I was just like, it just didn't work. It was just not appropriate for the material. I'm pretty sure that all derived from them. So the big well, question. Now, well, loyal big listeners question, will remember we watched the first four episodes and did separate podcasts on, we did like three or four podcast episodes and yeah. then we both just kind of abandoned it. Yeah, we actually, we had every intention. I even registered the domain name, AmericanGodsCast.com, because I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is going to be the new Game of Thrones. This will run for four or five years. It'll be amazing. And I just, episode after episode, just became more and more disillusioned. Um, and just, uh, you, if you're interested at all in hearing, you know, my thoughts in particular on the matter, go back, listen to those episodes. I feel like I, I feel that I was probably too generous in hindsight. I think there is so much of it just falls off the rails pretty quickly if you're a fan of the book as I am. Now, so you're about to say the big question. When yeah, I the big you. question is uh, who's going to take over for them? There's been some early talks that Neil Gaiman himself may join as a co-showrunner, which I find fascinating because he's the guy who traditionally has had a hard time uh, understanding budget and and appreciating those constraints, like he he's always he's you know he's noted to like after he writes Doctor Who episodes to go I had all these amazing things but they were too expensive or like you know walking the set of Stardust going I just can't believe they built this how much did this cost like you know just, it's you know budget it's, seemed it's, to be a big dispute in this yeah but and and, and apparently you know the the Green and Fuller were asking for more money an episode I think season two episodes were slated at ten million. Uh, per and 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 I think is it Fremantle Media? Who is the production company? Um, that sounds familiar. I think it is. They were they're like no ten million. Let's do what we can with that. And and to my my idea is that is more than enough for the show. Like I think part of the problem of season one is they had too much money to indulge every weird twist that was again more auteurish and not loyal to the story. And I feel like at this juncture, like <clears throat> anymore. We'll get, I, I might I might echo this a little bit more as we talk about other things coming up. Anymore, I feel like TV has probably surpassed all other mediums as like the superior. And when I say TV, I mean any, anything Netflix, you know, anything viewed on a any large screen in your home. I think it surpassed any other medium. Sans maybe comics for you know true you know in, in engaged storytelling. So when you have that ability and you you pair that with a you know a really solid story, but then you don't give it its due, it just doesn't work. So there's a lot of people who love the series and, and will shout me down at any any given opportunity. But I feel like moving forward, if if Gaiman's a co-showrunner and he can be paired with somebody who can really you know rein in his thinking, um, you know, a, very much a uh, Kurtzman to Luke. You know, uh, George Lucas always had Kurtzman. I forget his. Is that right? Am I thinking the right guy? No. Uh, Kasdan. Kasdan. Thank you, Lawrence. No, no. Who is George Lucas's producer? Oh Jesus. Anyway, this is going to drive me. I'll look it up. Keep yeah, talking. so George, George Lucas had like a producer partner who it, it could be argued the first three Star Wars were better than the second three Star Wars because that guy was around to you know keep things in flow. And then when he was gone, George Lucas was just kind of free to go crazy and you know we know what happened next. So Gary I feel like Kurtz? Barry Kurt no Gary Gary Kurtz. Gary Kurtz, yes, yes, yes. So Gary Kurtz was that guy. If Neil Gaiman could get his Gary Kurtz, um, or just somebody and, and honestly, I would love it. It would be ideal if it was um 
uh, Carlton Cruz. I, I think that would be amazing because Carlton Cruz co-show ran Lost with Damon Lindelof, and uh, he was actually brought on to be that kind of a guiding force to Damon Lindelof. Like Damon asked him to join him as a co-showrunner because he had that steady hand to make sure you know because when you're show running, not only are you are you guiding the direct you know the creative direction of the show, but you are the one that has to make sure everything comes in on budget. You're liaisoning with the network. You're sort of you know you're you have that creative power, but a lot of responsibility just on the logistics end is foisted upon you too. So I feel like having somebody like that over there would be inspiring. I'm actually it's it's actually news that has gotten me curious to watch it when it comes back. And so, I didn't think that was going to happen. My big question is did you go back and finish the series? <clears throat> I watched the last episode. Um, <laughs> after four I I I I I henpecked at like, you know, descriptions and stuff from the ones in between and I just watched the last one and the last one was just every bit as ridiculous as it was like it was like a greatest hits of like the the worst aspects of the series in one Man. one episode. It just because none of it none of it had it was in the book at all like at all. And the way it just certain characters were just misportrayed. And then at the very as like insult to injury at the very very end, right before the credits, they show a bus driving down the highway and a, and a sign that says House on the Rock like ten miles. So they oh don't my even. God. So they did the thing that you just hoped against. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, the, 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 one of the most amazing locations from the book that they should have been at in like episode three or four, they don't even show in the season. And they're like, and guess what? Stay tuned because we're going to show it to you next time. It was just so frustrating. So anyway, we don't basically don't seems anymore. really cynical of yeah. the show. Like it's, it really was. It just, it, I, I, they, they had this sort of, oh my goodness, there's a cat trying to get into my room right now. <laughs> Sorry, that was. I thought we had a vandal, and there was like a cat, like right outside my window. That that was a little frightening. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just. It, it, again, I feel like this, as much as you know, a lot of fans are like, no, I feel this is a good move, and I'm, I'm really curious to see if they can, kind of get back on track, and we'll just always look at season one as kind of that weird objet da. You know, it's just like, well, that was that one season that had, that really split everybody, but then you know, from that point on, it was awesome. So who knows? Very cool. We'll, well, that's that's cool. Um. I think it was in Variety that I I read someone who basically agreed with you about mm -hmm. like in the in their news about announcing the showrunners leaving where it was you know this it was sort of a short review of of the problems with the show in addition mm -hmm. to announcing that news. So yeah, maybe there's hope that they can turn it around. Um, yeah. Yeah. We are less than a month away from Star Wars the Last Jedi. Yeah. Do you have your plans yet? Ah, uh, not yet. Uh, I need to figure that out soon. Um let it be known. This is, I think, the only movie of 2017 that has had the fewest teasers and trailers put out. Like, I think it's just been those two trailers, huh. and that's it. So, I mean, like, I haven't seen anything else. Like, they're being really specific about, you know, just rehashing the same things again and again and again, not adding anything new to the pot, which yeah. is, frankly, I mean, I... After all, I remember, like, in our Thor Ragnarok review, we talked about a lot of that movie could have been so much better if we just didn't know about it. And I feel like this, yeah. like the last Jedi is definitely taking that angle. Like the less we tell you the better for you. So just, you know, you know, it's coming. That, that's I'm, all we need to say. I'm not really reading any like set news or anything specific like that, but I just have this gut and feeling and an impression from those trailers uh, that they really are like making this out to be sort of the, the empire of yeah, this yeah. trilogy. Do you think, do you think Ray turns to the dark side? I don't think so. Do you think Ray and um, uh, <laughs> Kylo? 
Kylo, Jesus Christ. This could be a hard night. Do you think Ray and Kylo uh, end up uh, partnering up by the end of it and neither of them are really declaring allegiance to anything? Um, I believe we talked about this in our Force Awakens review. I just don't like if he can be redeemed, whatever his redemption arc is, yeah, has to be much longer than just this movie. Sure. sure. So that I just really don't. I mean, maybe what we get in this is that there's a real hint that she might go over to the dark side, and that's the mm -hmm. cliffhanger they leave us with. Um, but I don't believe that would last. And yeah, no, I also just don't want to see him like become a good guy. You know, do you think uh you do know. you think Luke dies? I I'm I I've really thought about that. Like I actually think that's a good possibility. <laughs> Well, and it would make it would make it all the more interesting to think that they may have set these movies up where Han dies first, Luke dies second, and then Leia, uh, you you think is going to be the one to die in the third one, and then she ends up living. But then Carrie Fisher did die, so it's it's I am what I'm curious about is what her what Leia's arc is because they kept all of that intact. They didn't change right. anything. So what is her arc, and how does that leave us for the last one? And then how do they, yeah. you know, does it set up, does her arc set up too much interesting shit that then they can't pay off in the third one? Like that's going to be the most, cause that's going to be really depressing. Like I'd rather they not even show us if there's some really cool stuff that Leia's got going on that you're like, Oh my God, just wait until the next one. And then it never happens. Like that's, uh, we just get really a title card at the end that says, and then Leia went back to her home planet. <laughs> yeah. Where everything was awesome. I don't know. I, I'm ex I'm super excited. It it feels weird. Like the I was just thinking the other day. Um, Rogue One was just a year ago, and that does not feel like it was only that long ago. That yeah, all these things feel like they were five, ten years ago. I go, I'm like, this is we've only been at this for three years now. Yeah, Rogue um, One was is already a classic. Yeah, geez, absolutely. And then uh, and also movie news. I had this on here too. Um, Strangely, but but assuredly, Jumanji, the new sequel kind of slash reboot, but mainly a sequel, is actually getting really favorable reviews. Like the people who've seen it earlier, are like, oh no, it's a lot of freaking fun, and, and I don't think anybody at all huh. thought that that was going to be the case. Um, so that's and, and 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 on top of that, I was under the assumption this came out in the summer or was going to come out in the summer. So the fact that everybody was talking about, it, I was like, wait, when when does this release? And I looked, it was December twentieth. Like really? What an odd! Yeah. It just feels like a summer movie. It just it's yeah. Strange. And yeah. I had that. I had a similar experience because the trailer played before Justice League, and I was like, "Wait a second. You know, it was like I think I'd heard something about this or I'd seen part of this trailer, but I'd sort of put it out of mind. Like I didn't. I'm with you. I didn't think that was a winter movie. Like it was around the corner. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you, I don't know how much of a predictor it is, but the women in the group of people that I went to see Justice League with. Mm -hmm. at least one of them and i believe most of the women in the justice league theater kind of laughed at that trailer and the uh, women in my group were like hey that looked kind of funny well and it's it's so, you know for those of you who aren't familiar it's it's um instead of the world of the jumanji game coming out into our world like it did in the robin williams movie uh the kids in this one are sucked into the game so they're in the world of the movie so they're sucked into it like robin williams was as a kid which is kind of the plot of the first one his he has a kid he gets sucked in and then his adult version comes out years later so these kids are sucked in and they got to solve the game from within, but they're put into like the avatars of the game people. So like there's the classic hero and the, you know, the hot girl and the scientist guy, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting in the rocks in it and uh, Amy, Pond, Karen Gillan, I was going to call her Amy Pond, Karen Gillan of Dr. Who fame. And obviously you know, gardens of the galaxy fame. She's in a Jack black, Kevin Hart that matters too. Um, I, just, I don't, I don't get Kevin. Well, Hart. my, <laughs> 
the same the same friends that were you know into this trailer said that the rock kevin hart uh vehicle central intelligence was extremely funny interesting i always forget that movie happened and that's a great point yeah that's a great (laughs) well i guess there's already chemistry there you know and it goes to show you you know like you never know and this may be why we keep seeing insane movies put out that like you're like clearly this is a bad idea but that's what everybody thought when this was announced it's like why are we why do this and then you know even the early sort of you know promo stuff just looked asinine so you you can never know for sure you know you this you may get you may spin gold out of miles of crap at, at the end of the day it's hard to say and this is why studios i think keep keep booking on this stuff but i'll segue from that by saying there are there is one studio who who uh no matter what they do are gonna are gonna spin gold and they just put out a trailer <laughs> Uh, yeah, the big the big trailer for today. The big trailer, and and honestly, this of course we're talking about Marvel slash Disney, but Marvel, but and of course we're talking about the Avengers Infinity War f- official trailer, like the one that the public is supposed to see, not the leaked Comic Con footage that I've watched right. twenty four times. But um, and it's and honestly, yeah. I I like that we got to wait for this one because it does feel a little bit more. Con, you know, intentional. It it shows scenes that are way more interesting and epic than I think some of that Comic Con trailer did. Well, well, one thing I wondered about watching it was, does it sort of fill in the gaps that you were hoping would be in Thor Ragnarok? Mm, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. Because in fact, the first, I would say, like half the trailer I thought would have appeared somehow tangentially or right you know, as a direct plot in Ragnarok. I, it, or at least at the like as an end credit or so, you know something some kind of teaser of some kind. So I feel like you know in, in a perfect world in my in, in my head the last scene or the first you know, like there would be a, an extended end credit scene of Thanos getting the first infinity stone. Like right. that should have that should have start that should have been the first time we see that happen. So apparently it looks like they're spending the entire movie with him assembling with him. the gauntlet. Yeah. That's you know? what I took away from it too. And it's and it feels like and, and and I would be shocked if this wasn't the case. It, it, I'm pretty sure this ends with either everybody dying or you know everybody but like Tony dying, and he's got to go back in time to undo everything. I have this crazy theory, by the way. Ooh, let's uh, hear it. And it, it's not. I, I mean, I'm sure you'll find others out there who, who posit something similar. But, but this crazy theory that if you know the powers of the Infinity Gauntlet, it's it's every stone we've seen in the movies to date, except for the Soul one, which hasn't been revealed. But there's heavy speculation that the Soul Stone is actually in Wakanda, and Black Panther's like end credit sequence will basically either te- you know, show you that or set this up. Um, but I have this theory that like once you assemble the Infinity Gauntlet, you have the time, you know, Time Stone, Space Stone, Power Stone. You can basically alter reality as you know it, and I feel like it would be an amazing sort of uh, climax to the MCU to date. And also give them a very clean, creative framework for Thanos at the end of Infinity War to kill either, you know, almost everybody or everybody but like one person. And that person using the time stone or finding some loophole goes back in time or is in, it has the ability to go back in time. And basically Thanos resets reality. So all the heroes are doing other things. Maybe Hawkeye's got his traditional costume. Maybe, you know, the, maybe there's some like traditional motifs or maybe certain characters, maybe like Bruce Banner never became the Hulk. There's like a red Hulk running around. Like it gives them the ability to show you alternative Marvel scenarios that are either true to the comics or different or crazier or variant. And then the, the whole point of the second, you know, the movie coming out, you know, infinity war two, if you will, um, 
or you know whatever they're going to call it. Uh, that movie is basically about putting order back into you know into what's happened, bringing as many people back to life as you can. It's, it's going to, I feel like, have that X-Men Origins kind of vibe to it because whoever gets to go back in time or whoever has to, you know, maybe it's Peter Quill, has to go back and like solve, you know, figure this out and try to bring everybody back together in, in a way that makes sense. I, and then you have the MCU completely reset from that point on to do whatever you want. You, know, you well, can still I, tell Spider-Man stories, but you can definitely, yeah. you know. I don't think that's as crazy a theory. Um, I would think that maybe what happens is uh, that all happens at the end of the second one or something. Mm, so mm. that like in order to sort of finish out this whole phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that well, yeah. there, there is a reset. You know, maybe that's how they do it is they reset this so that they can get rid of, yeah, the, the current Iron Man actor and Captain America actor and you know just recast or just i mean or or just make it so that you know in the comics at some point anthony uh anthony mackie who's the actor the uh what's his what's his character's name um what's falcon. uh yeah but what's falcon's like state you know what's his real name like wilson, sam, wilson? sam wilson sam wilson becomes the new captain america so it'd be interesting like if they reset oh, it right, right, right. anthony mackie just is captain america and there's no explanation as to why like how did that happen it's just like it he just is. And so the next time you see Captain America, it'd be Anthony Mackie or you, the next time you see Iron Man, it would be that, um, that, that girl who was put in recently in the comics. Um, Reese. Reese. Yeah. And it's just like, there's this black actress all of a sudden is Iron Man. Like it'd be, it could, they could easily do that. Kevin Feige has said numerous times once this is basically the conclusion of the MCU, as you know it, and yeah, exactly. a nice send off for everything that we've done. And I'm like, the only way to really, do that truly is to have that infinity gauntlet rewrite the rules, rewrite everything. Yeah. And you basically have a blank check to get away with anything you want. Yeah. Um, I will say this, the oh, thing oh, about the trick correct myself. It was Riri. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Riri, not Reese. Riri. Okay. Um, the thing about the trailer that, that I really liked is it did everything that justice league trailers never have, which is like yeah. really get you, pumped and really super optimistic like like you feel like the heroism of these people and these characters and when they have that classic avengers theme which by the way the avengers have a theme that dun, 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 dun. like when that creeps back in again and especially at the end i got chills because like oh my god yeah. like they have they earned that moment over the course of the last 10 years they've earned having that moment and they it's just like all the things and we'll talk about justice league in a second but just like all the things that justice league could have should have just should have been like checking off a list like this is not hard avengers infinity war is just like well here you go um so i'm i'm excited i hope there's i really hope the cgi is good i mean it's got to be as much as much sort of money they're putting into this i just i hope it's not yeah i, I see some of that spider-man footage and i'm like man i don't know it just it looks like a video game in a couple spots and I, I need it to not do that it needs to feel well i was definitely we that was one of our concerns when we saw the leaked footage and i was definitely yeah. pumped about seeing this and it reassured me whereas when i saw that leaked footage it was like Ugh, what's going on what am i looking at yeah yeah so this this was good and that's a great segue into justice league which we have both seen by now and we're not doing like a hot take the day after, like we both no. had an, a week or so to sit on it. Yeah. Um, actually two weeks, I guess at this point, Yeah, it's come out two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I, I, let's just start with like, what are, what was your initial reaction there? I, cause I don't want to get too in, into the weeds on this. I think other people have done that to death. It was, so going in, my expectation was just, just show me these characters in a way 
that is similar to how you showed me Wonder Woman, you know, back in the summer. Like, just give me these characters in a way that's that I enjoy watching. That's all I ask for. Like after Batman v Superman, like just give me something I recognize. I don't even care if the story is not that good. Just give me that. And I felt like I got it. Like, you know, the portrayal of every character, there wasn't a weak link. Everybody had every actor and every character, you know, of the main, of the main group um, had, you know, some had their little thing, but it didn't overshadow or, or get in the way of anybody else's thing. Everybody kind of was used to their, their, their strengths, both in terms of comedic timing and just the, you know, the, their abilities and all that kind of stuff. Like it just, it balanced really well. Did I, I is it a, a massive wasted opportunity? I think yes. I think this Ooh, could have really? been. Yeah, this could have been so. If they had planned better, this could have been so much more. Even if they didn't, if they're like, we don't want to take the time to build up to a shared universe. We're just going to start that and launch stuff off of that. You know, we'll, we'll start with our team up movie and then go from there. Then you could still have pulled this off in a way that I think would have set up the future a little nicer. I just don't think. And especially after the you know the grosses and the current we and the current um, you know cumulative gross both overseas and domestic, I just I they'll probably get another one, but it's probably going to be a long time. And I just don't think anything that we did here just I mean the fact that Steppenwolf was the main bad guy, and there was there was really no true you know it, he just was a bad guy. He didn't have any backstory really. Yeah. He didn't have any, there was nothing to explain why he wanted what he wanted. He barely said Dark Side one you know just maybe once, and it was kind of you know, not even intentional. Just, it just, it was such a, and yeah, he had some cool moments like that whole scene when he's running after the Amazons, you know, and they're trying to like shut the, you know, shut the temple around him. And they're just, they're yeah. like, keep it moving. Like that was cool. That would have been so much cooler if I cared about who Steppenwolf was or like why he was a threat or a menace. Like right, it just, right. it was just such a bad decision to, to go that route. And then I just, the other thing I really wanted was um, just give me Superman in a way that I want another Superman movie. And that I felt happened. Like that some of the best stuff in that movie was this was a Superman moment. Of course, some of the worst stuff was also a Superman moment. So it was really like, it's, it's just like that character needs somebody like Joss Whedon or needs somebody who understand like Brad Bird, for God's sake, could be an awesome Superman director. Just give me, get put Henry Cavill in a position where he can be that character in the capacity that we saw him in that movie. And I think he'd be awesome. Uh, I mean, there's other. Uh, well, we, I can nitpick other moments and stuff, but I think just overall, it had its. It had what I was looking for, um, and they made they made a lot of corrections that I think were necessary. And, and I, it could set up an interesting next movie if they kn if they really wanted one. But I just don't feel like their heart's going to be in it after this. By say they, I mean I mean huh. Warner Brothers. Well, I, I mean for me, I, I I similarly had reset expectations, you know, and. Not, I don't know. Not that I had high expectations and I had to lower them, but uh, Batman versus Superman, uh, as much as I enjoy moments from it, as much as I would try to defend the extended cut as, you know, telling a better story or whatever, it, it's just a mess. I mean, there's yeah. just no way around it. And so for me, I just didn't want another mess, you know? <laughs> I like that. That's kind of, I think, I think that should have been the t-shirt. Well, yeah. Justice League. We promise it's not another mess. Right, exactly. Not another mess. What were you hopeful and, going in? What were you hopeful? Like, I mean, you saw Wonder Woman and we both enjoyed the hell out of that. Were you hopeful from that? Did you feel like that or, or was that kind of a disconnected uh, moment? Or did, were you looking at them, you know, through different lenses? Uh, I, I don't know that I, it's hard to say I was hopeful. I was actually more worried mm. that they would 
lose the goodwill that they bought with Wonder Woman, you know? Okay. Um, especially after the, well, not especially after. I actually think Joss Whedon coming in to, you know, to finish up, maybe like maybe that encouraged me to sort of raise my hopes, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, despite some, despite the news of his personal relationships with women being kind of terrible, I thought, well, mm-hmm. at least he's not going to have the same problems that Zack Snyder would have. <laughs> and of course, the yeah. caveat is you and I actually enjoy Zack Snyder movies, but Zack Snyder definitely has kind of a, a leering uh, glance at women. Yeah. You know? yeah. I didn't want it to turn into like Wonder Woman's just the cheesecake factor for Justice League after they, you know, um, Patty Jenkins had done such a good job of showing her as like a real hero, like the first hero that we've seen in the DC universe because, uh, it, it, and I'm accepting the the Chris Nolan films, you know, as like yeah, yeah. pre DC universe, but Superman and Batman, we have the two big heroes fighting each other in Man of Steel. The big turn of the movie is whether or not he's going to kill this guy, <laughs> and it's just a weird, you know, it's a weird thing of like, Ugh, I have to root yeah. for a Superman that snap somebody's neck like it's difficult Uh, to kind of you know that's what Zack Snyder wanted to do was was paint these heroes in you know shades of gray and stuff like that and anyway uh so I was more uh concerned that they would diminish what Patty Jenkins had done and I I think they they didn't they escaped without (laughs) Well, Tarn- I tarnishing anything, the name, so that's I think kind of anything, like they, they added another brick on the Wonder Woman wall. Like I felt like she, the character was exactly what we saw in Wonder Woman. In fact, if anything, they enhanced her a little bit. And I love the fact that all the, the rest of the the league was kind of in love with her. But for like, they, like the Flash was kind of like intimidated by her. He didn't know what you know. He didn't right. know what to say or to be. Um, Aquaman, when he had that wonderful moment of him sitting on the on the lasso, was just like, and my God, you're just you're beautiful. Like I just I know we had these problems in the past, but you're awesome. Like you just I think, and then Batman too. Like he's, you know, she's got a little thing for him. He's got a little. That's you know true to the comics. It's not like Batman and Wonder Woman haven't been paired up. Um, you know, Bruce and Diana haven't been paired up in the comics. So there was a little hint of that. It wasn't overt. It wasn't like you know, oh, they're dating now. But there was sort of this. There was the the any any sort of care Bruce has for Diana is based on I think her as a hero. And then he even there's that scene where he tries to you know he kind of he kind of dresses her down a little bit. He's like, look, you could be more. You could be more visible and like actually you know not be hiding in the shadows. Like you could you you d- deserve to be so much more. So I just love that sort of treatment of her as just like this beautiful like. Um, heroic, confident entity. You know, she was she was the the true sort of um, uh, what's the what's the word? She was kind of like the moral center. You know, she was yeah. like the true sort of heart of the team, which I think was perfect. Like, you know, others might say, "Well, I should be Superman." I'm like, no, it's that's how they have set Wonder Woman up, and they used her exactly correctly. In that, you know, in that way. Yeah, true. Um, to step off of something you said there, the Flash really surprised me as a character I, I liked. I think everybody probably yes. had that reaction. I definitely know the theater I was in. Um, you know, he got all the laughs. Every line that he was, it was like he got exactly the reaction the filmmakers wanted him to get from yes. my theater. You yes. know? I'm uh, actually sad. I'm actually sad. The next movie is not flat. That is what, you know, as fun as Aquaman is, I'd rather the next movie be a flash movie. So I think it's good to go. Be, yeah. You know, exactly. And that's a great lead into Aquaman who I thought Aquaman was a, like he was a fun character. The character was fun and redoing Arthur Curry or whatever his name is. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, as uh, this tough guy and not this like sort of 
blonde <laughs> guy, green tights and an orange shirt. Um, you know, it, I know they've, I know the comic has, you know, made him tougher too, but it's like, that's all I think is the Superman, the super friends. Aquaman, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he really didn't do any Aquamaning, you know, no, like there was right. uh, a scene underwater um, with, I had to be told later that was Amber Heard as Mira. Um, as, as Mira. Yeah. But it's just, you know, he's flying through the air. He doesn't talk to fish. I, I was, I really felt like he was an Aquaman out of water. Sorry yeah. for that. Well, I think he, it, it was just like, to me, that was the weakness of that character, you know? And maybe, and they cut a lot. Like we've heard reports that a lot of stuff they filmed just, uh, you know, was was left on the floor. There was an edict from Warner Brothers that said this has to be under two hours. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, honestly, I think was was a everybody's complaints about that. I'm like, you know what? They after oh. the mess that was Batman v Superman, that was a a much needed direction because that was when we thought Zack Snyder was still gonna you know take it all the way across yeah, yeah. the finish line. So it's like, yeah, yeah. That the best thing you can tell him is it's got to be this long. You've got, and then that forces him to be you know a little bit more judicious. Um, yeah. I tried to avoid any like reviews or fan reactions. Like once the embargo was lifted and once, cause I saw it on Sunday of opening weekend. So, you know, if I had been on social media uh, looking for it, I definitely could have found people reacting. And I did see some mentions of like, you can tell a lot is missing here, but I couldn't honestly, like, I mean, I could, yeah, I could go back and imagine where things were, but in Superman, the Batman or Batman, v Superman, bat soup, um, there were just clear, like, literal chunks missing where you're like wait yeah, I don't, how, yeah. the, how did this happen what why is he in this place now yeah. and i never felt that with justice league so whether no, that's no. like a, a tribute to joss whedon like filling in the gaps and hitting that two-hour uh edict or just really smart editing or something or just some cgi after the fact i have no idea but it was it to me i didn't feel like you've pulled a chunk out of this that explained the plot yeah, you know, I may have felt like, oh, it needs something more here, but I didn't feel lost. Whereas in Bat Soup, I definitely felt lost at times. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, where was I going with that though? I think we were talking about Aquaman. I just, I think, yeah, with, yeah. I think it was intentional that he was a fish out of water because it makes that's the one thing I am am looking forward to if I see Aquaman, which is like, okay, give me more of what he's about and his development. Right. Like, so it's like. I, I'm a little worried about that movie because honestly, just a bunch of scenes underwater, especially the way they were shooting this and maybe James Wan will do it differently. But like the, the underwater scenes are so monochromatic and just boring looking that mm. I'm like, I don't really want a whole movie of that. You know, even if there's like maybe 15 minutes of us on the beach or something, you know, it's, I just don't want that. So I'm, I was kind of actually glad that, you know, he was more, you know, he had, we had to see him outside of, you know, out of his comfort zone and everything. But it's, I like too, that we got moments of character from him where he's like, he's like, dude, and when he's on the, on the, you know, on the lasso of truth again, he's like, dude, I'm just, I'm just a dude. I, I, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I might, I don't want to die. Like he's just being all honest about, you know, what he, what he is. I like that. And I think if we could, if we can delve into that, like that duality of his character, um, you know, does he resent his father? Does he resent his mother? Does he resent like, who is he really? How did he, if he becomes the king of Atlantis, like what kind of a person is that? You know, I think we got when Thor spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Ragnarok, when Thor takes on Odin's mantle at the very end, I felt like that was earned. Like we, you know, it was the course of three movies. He was, if you remember Thor one started with him at the crowning ceremony and then um, that didn't go well. So the fact that he actually 
you know, gets that title three movies later and it, it feels very well earned. I hope Aquaman has some semblance of that. Yeah. But yeah, the, but the flash, the flash was amazing. And it's just, it, it's puzzling. And this goes back to my original comment. It's puzzling. If they had cast Ezra Miller like four years ago, which it seems like it was, and they knew, you know, they had the ability to get any number of really good directors in for the flash movie. That should be the next one. Like yeah. everybody loved him in this one. Show me the flash movie. You know, then do maybe Shazam or something after that if, if you're gonna go that route. But like it's just weird that they didn't there just seems to be no cogent plan for how they're rolling these out, how they're I, you know, how you're building off the momentum of anything. It's just so strange. I mean, that's that's the problem of DC the DC cinematic universe, right? Like it just I, we can't tell where they're trying to sort of emulate the Marvel success. Mm -hmm. Um I, I don't you and I have a side conversation in email with our friend Drew. Um and we we've been fantasizing this week about you know what who could be the Kevin Feige of yeah. DC who could be the the you know the auteur that brings it all together and and dictates the you know the creative director I guess is the best way to say yeah it, like, yeah, yeah and and make sure that it all stays canonical and all that kind of stuff and um, I just don't know that that's right for DC and you and I maybe even in a podcast sort of. Um, fantasized a little bit about what justice league would have been like if they had done another team up, you know, instead mm -hmm. of justice league, if they had yeah, just, started, yeah. you know, like another, uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a flash Aquaman movie or something. I don't know. I want to, do you know what I want? Okay. I'm so glad you said that when I was watching that, the thing I wanted more than anything was a flash wonder woman movie. Like just yeah. give me those two trying to solve. like, maybe that's how it, it would have been really cool for like the next two movies to have been, you know, we, we have Bruce and Diana, they know, and maybe maybe the next one is Diana and the Flash, and then the net, the one after that is a Batman Aquaman movie. So then it's not a pure Aquaman movie. Like that whole movie is about Aquaman, but then at some point Bruce shows up to try to recruit him. Maybe they have to solve a problem together. Likewise, maybe the Flash Wonder Woman movie could just simply be a, like a museum heist or something, you know, like or something, yeah. something smaller, but it really gives you the intimacy of those characters because there was so much damn good chemistry between Diana and Barry. Um, just him being in awe of her, her being like, you know, she's been around the block numerous times. She knows how, you know, young men are around her. So it's just, it's, yeah, she kind of had this sort of motherly or big sister kind of vibe that I thought was really fun. Like they just would have been so cool. And then, then have like the real justice league team up. So you've gotten to know these, these partners, these pairings, these relationships, like it would have been so much better. I, yeah, I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I definitely feel like one of the things that is a problem with the DC movies is that, um, is the sort I, you know, I'm tempted to just say it's it's like the god problem. Like they make Wonder yeah. Woman a god, they make Superman basically a god, and then it's like, well, how do you give a personality to that character? Yeah. But there was something sort of as many good character moments as we got, you didn't feel the real like human connection that we feel with the Avengers totally. together. Together, yep. you know. Yep. Um, we all we got character moments from all of them, but it's still I don't know. There's still still something missing like uh you know it was a, just a bunch of um what do you want to call it like they just not stereotypes but uh I, I don't know you know it was just the tropes of superheroes trying to interact and it yeah, just yeah i'm mad um, at you i'm not mad at you right we've got to right. do this for the sake of all all right but then i'm not friends yeah. with you after. i am the father figure i am the mother yeah. figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. crazy kid you know well, let's not be mistaken avengers had that too but Avengers gave us enough time with every individual. It didn't right. feel as forced, I feel like. But you go back to Avengers, there's a lot of that same kind of thing. Um, it just because you got you some of it, you just have to do that. You have to have 
You're like, what? You have to ask the question: Why would these people get along? What would, and then what would be their natural sort of pressure points? Like, when would they start to bug each other, and how do you, how do you incorporate that? Because that's going to happen at some point. Right. I do like. I mean, for me, the best. I think the best two moments of the movie were uh, Superman after his pet cemetery resurrection, which is right. a whole just mess of mess. mess Can yeah. I real quick before I before I get into my moment? That whole Superman resurrection, I think if we if they had done away with that entirely, use that screen time for other character relationship building. By the way, Cyborg was also a delight. I never I didn't think I oh, liked okay. him at all. And he was he ended up I'm like, I, I really wish I had more from him. And so if you had more time, you didn't try to have this cockamamie thing, and which by the way, was proposed by the one character who's supposed to be the most logical tactician of the team. Freaking Batman should know better. And he's the one going, you know what would be awesome? Is if we use Lex's resurrection chamber, you know, the one he used to make Doomsday, and we try to resurrect Superman that way. Everyone on the team's like, Bruce, that's a dumb idea. No, no, no. It'll work. It'll work. Like, yeah. that, just that was... It, that proved beyond a doubt that the, there are a good chunk of people in Warner Brothers have no goddamn idea how these characters work or any of their back. Like they're just like play things to do with what they want. Um, so that was obnoxious. But then once they did, and, and I really thought like, I, I went in thinking, Oh, Superman will come back because like the, maybe he wasn't a fit totally dead. Maybe he had like regenerative abilities. And like when we saw the, the dirt rise up, he was right, right. In that healing process or maybe like the world, something you know, that I would have even taken like the hope of the world. Like, you revived him. You some some ridiculous thing like that. I would have even taken that as, over what we got because it's like just, a it Ghostbusters like, two moment where the positivity yeah. of the slime just resurrects him. And I really yeah, exactly. We just well, sing this, some Motown songs and Superman <laughs> busts out of this grave. Your love has taken me higher, higher. I just remember Bill Murray on the top of the Statue of Liberty going higher, higher, <laughs> just singing. No, but like there's that, remember that in the trailers and we got some kind of weird version of it in the movie where Clark is in the field and Lois walks out right. and in the trailers, it's a dream, but yet in the movie, it's completely happening. I just had this, I had this every thought of like when he shows up again, like he'll come back the whole movie. It's going to be like, you know, Superman's dead, Superman's dead. And then we get like little clues that he's coming back. You know, maybe Batman has a suit for him. So that, you know, when he shows up in the Batcave, when we see that thing in the trailer, which was also not in the movie of Alfred going like, oh, I thought you'd be back. Right. You know, the, you know Master right. Wayne said you'd be coming. Like maybe that's where he gets the suit. But I wanted a scene where he's in the field resurrected and like, he's feeling like, like the real Superman for once where he's like, you know, feeling hope and you know, he's smiling and it's like, and I, I really wanted that first reveal that pan up to his face of like, that's when we get to see the resurrected Superman. And it was simply because he's that awesome or he, you know, something else. Um, but even all that to be said, we, he comes back the scene, <laughs> my original point, the scene that I really liked that I'm sure you and everybody else loved when the Flash is trying to, you know, he, Superman, zombie Superman's got everybody by the throat. The Flash is running up and then he slowly, Clark slowly turns his head to look at Barry and Barry gives the best WTF face I have ever seen yeah. in a movie. It just was, it was so satisfying because it's like, yeah. oh yeah, he's this yeah, fast too. A friend of the podcast, uh, Brian, um, what, I saw it with him and he, you know, I think he was the one that made the comment like, we have all wondered how anyone could top that first X-Men Quicksilver scene. Yes, yes. And now, and <laughs> everyone like post that is that, you know, Ultron uh, had to do it with their Quicksilver and now um, 
Justice League has to do it with Flash, and this was their moment, and they yeah. I think nailed it. Like yes, everyone yes. I saw it with was like, <laughs> yes. And and in fact, and our friend Drew that we've been emailing with this week, he said the same thing, and it was just like that. Ob- yeah, that was such a good like character scene, superpower scene, battle scene. Everything about it was good. And that's, I want to well, I want to know I'll, who wrote that. Was that in the original, or was that a right. add on? And and more importantly, was that one that they had to digitally erase Henry Cavill's mustache for? Because I, I know that's kinda, a good question. There were there were definitely two scenes where I noticed the erased mustache. It was tricky for me because I was looking for it the entire time and I couldn't. <laughs> I thought I saw it, but I'm like, well, maybe that wasn't it. So the only time I I knew it was there was one moment where they digitally rendered in t- the entirety of Superman. So you know, for some fight scene, so it was clearly the whole thing was. was oh right, right, right. And I knew it was obviously, and they showed like a kind of a, a quick flash of his face then. So I'm like, well, that's obviously not real. But it strangely didn't bug me. No. I was I was really thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. And actually, they somehow did a decent enough job. And then they just kind of put it next to a bunch of other CGI. So you didn't notice it as much either. I mean, um, it's terrible in the in the intro scene that's on the film yeah. on the smartphone. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you're right. Ooh, that's exactly where I noticed it. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. yeah. And then there's one point at the end where I noticed it, and I, I just can't recall exactly what the scene was. But how, how interesting that the one like the the most authentic looking scene the intro of the movie is like right. yeah he's got a mustache that's uh, being di-. and you know what I Fox actually Fox thought Fox. maybe they it, like retconned in the smartphone uh, mm-hmm. like oh, um, premise. Yeah. Just yeah. to try to make it like oh, we all know the footage will be grainy and shaky on this. Like I wondered if that was actually filmed like from like news camera footage, and then they yeah. like chop it up because they say you hear the voices off the screen say it's for our podcast. Uh-huh. You know but they're they're filming him. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I just I was kind of thinking too much about that. But I did. There was a twi- some uh, you know uh, comedian on Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't recall whom did this, but uh, was sort of like fantasizing about the call between Warner Brothers and the other studio. Paramount. <laughs> Paramount, like where, uh, you know, Warner Brothers is like, are you sure we can't lose the mustache? And Paramount's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then it's like giggles. <laughs> it's in the contract. It's, it's integral to the character. Shh, shh. <laughs> I, uh, you know, Paramount, uh, screw Paramount because that's, Maybe maybe Warner Brothers screwed them in the past, and this is they're like, finally, we have a chance to get back. But it's like, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't have made Warner Brothers just give you a million dollars for a mustache and your trouble. Like, it's just, I mean, it's like, for the million dollars, you could have recreated a really, a better mustache than the one he had grown for the goddamn movie. What's the, what the one thing that nobody's talking about, the best part of this entire story so for those of you who don't know, Henry Cavill is in the newest Mission Impossible movie where he grew a mustache. And then during callbacks, um, not callbacks, uh, uh, what's, oh, Jesus. What's reshoots. Reshoots, thank you. During reshoots, they had to bring him back and they had to bring him back for a lot of reshoots and he still had the mustache. And Paramount said, he can't shave it. You're going to have to deal with it some other way. So Warner Brothers had to spend like another five to $10 million, I th- at least, it may have been more, digitally removing that mustache. What we found out later, the that two-week period where he had to come back, Tom Cruise broke his leg doing a stunt, so they had to shut down production on Mission Impossible. <laughs> while so the entire the entire thing could have been avoided altogether. And you know, granted, when they were negotiating all this, Tom Cruise hadn't broken his leg, but that is almost insult to injury that that would happen, um, you know, almost literally in this case. That would happen after the fact. It's just so stupid. Anyway, but like that scene, and then the scene at the very end where the Flash 
and Superman are racing and homaging that classic comic cover. Um, yeah. And just, and just hanging out together. Like this is something that, and, and they were hanging out in their costumes. Like that would have been in any other time that would have been the Warner brothers would have been like, no, 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 put them in their street clothes. Yeah. They have no reason to be in costumes. So the fact that they were hanging out in costume at the end, I'm like, thank God. Like that's well, how this would be, you know? Yeah. I, and I had to wonder if part of that was uh, due to the success of some of their TV shows, because uh, there is a Supergirl flash race yep. in the Supergirl show. And it is like, it, it's a great moment. Like it's those team up moments where they're not on a mission, but they're palling around as superheroes that that's what we like. Those are really cool moments that, you know, when they're palling around, like in their street clothes, it's like big deal. We've seen, we've seen people do this. <laughs> was there ever a time? So, did you think, did you think at any point, like the whole brunch joke was basically like Warner brothers going, okay, Joss, we need a joke. Just like, can you give us a, our, your, our own shawarma joke? Can we have a shawarma <laughs> joke in here? And he's like, uh, and he, and he, you know, he's pitching a couple of different ideas. Like, no, 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 we just, let's do something. Oh, with definitely food related. <laughs> food related joke. He's like, fine, a brunch. Oh, that's <laughs> genius. That's that's our shawarma. We're gonna pay it off at the end. It's gonna be great. I, I mean, it was still funny, but I just, I was like, man, this seems like such a a move to be like, we need our version of that. Some some dude at the table was like, I want to see a shawarma related joke. Well, uh, I <laughs> I did not think that. Um, and I'm gonna let me let me get, take a total left turn here, because um, just because I wanted to mention it before we hit like fan reaction and move to our last topic, um, I did think the action scenes had a real like video game, not just look to them, but feel in sort of the movement of them, and yeah, I was actually totally. okay with that. Really, because it gave it uh, a little bit of different character than the Marvel universe. Yeah. That's um, true. And uh, I'm, I'm not a big video game player, but I know there was like a big DC fight game, which I've already forgotten the name of. Um, but it, it looked like that. And it yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, Injustice. And it um, I don't know. It just felt like, you know what? Lean into those things that are different yeah. and really establish your own style. That would work. Now, the place where it won't work is when they do another movie and that you know, director shoots it totally differently or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, why was Justice League so jerky when in all their action scenes? But, and you've already covered Steppenwolf. This was just another superhero movie with like this villain we don't relate to that has somehow has world ending powers. Yeah. And it's just hard to get invested in that, except that you just want to see the characters interact with each other, the actual human ones, you know? So when it was like it, it, Mark Bernardin, uh, over at Fat Man and Batman threw this out there. And this is, you know, he's one of those guys who also writes a better movie instead of reviewing the one at hand, but he threw it <laughs> like, he's like, why couldn't the third mother box have, have been basically what infused itself to cyborg? Cause right. isn't that comics, uh, isn't that like better canon anyway? And then number two, then you have that whole scene where Steppenwolf would have to kidnap cyborg to try to rip it out of him or try, you know, and then they have to save cyborg and you get more, you get the ability for cyborg to then like, you know, use his abilities to read Steppenwolf and you could have gotten some back, you know, backstory through yeah. that mechanism. There's any number of cyborg, ways like yeah. sympathy for cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, there's, I mean, just instantly I'm like, Oh my God, that right there, you could have had a juicier, you could have had a way to make Steppenwolf relevant. And maybe in that, in that sort of flashback, you see him on apocalypse and maybe there's like the hand of dark side or the eyes of dark side, you know, like, and that's, that's how you hint at him without having him like rise from a chair and turn menacingly towards the camera at the end of the credits. You know, it's right. like, there's, there's, I was, I was actually thankful they didn't do that as much as I wanted to see dark side represented. I'm so glad they didn't like sting something on and he's sitting in some apocalyptic throne room. And it's basically just like the Thanos reveal. Well, you know, what did two. you think about that? 
that stinger at the end? Um, the first one, the Superman Flash one was great. The one with Lex and Deadshot yeah. um, was not Deadshot. Oh, uh, yeah. Jesus What's Christ. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sin. Um, Deathstroke. Yeah, Deathstroke. Jeez. Although somebody in the theater was like Deadpool because you saw like the <laughs> you saw the, the the swords and then like the the bandana from the back, you know kind of hanging off the back, so somebody literally thought Deadpool had made it. I'm like, no, I liked, I liked that. I liked the idea of that scene. It was I, I like also where is that location? There's they're in the harbor where these like big kind of you know Vancouver-y hills are right there. I'm I'm trying to decide yeah. is that was that Milan or was that meant to be like Metropolis? Like I actually it? took it as like the Mediterranean. Okay, but. So that's interesting that we both sort of wondered about that. I like I like that they they're like, hey everybody, this is we're gonna try this Lex Luthor thing again, but we're gonna keep Jesse because um, he wants another bite at the apple. But because like everything about yeah. it, like he had the you know the women you know the women soldiers, he was wearing the suit, he's keeping the bald head. He was actually a little bit more subdued, which I thought was awesome, even though he really he, even yeah. though that last line that like we're gonna have. A league of our own, like yeah. all, all I a thought was just all I thought was just Tom Hanks peeing and Gina Davis like hitting baseballs. Like that's all I thought about <laughs> when when I heard that. And it was just like, couldn't you have? I mean, if you're gonna go corny, why not just be like, it's like, well, it sounds like and it's like and, you know when he's like, uh, they've got a league, so you know they've got a league, Lex. He's like, uh, you know, he could have said something like, um, um, like you know, who needs a league when we could have a legion or you know something like oh, that, you know, yeah. something interesting where you're like oh my god so I, it was almost like that was if they had even made that little tweak i would have been even more excited but i think for what it was i'm like oh, that's cool it's i'd rather that than again you know dark side somehow being shadowed and we're like oh here you know he looks just like thanos it's they're just ripping off marvel which is completely backwards but i i liked right. it did you did you feel it was did it do anything for you uh, i i could have just done without lex but it would have mm -hmm. been cool to see deathstroke I don't know who else could have stood in for Lex, but eh, you know, any other actor, <laughs> literally Brian Krantz, Brian Cranston sitting ah. on the boat with his bald head. And he's just like, he's like, uh, you know, like my son, my son failed, but I'll succeed. And, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll bring, I'll restore honor to the family name. And like, you know, he's Lex Luthor senior, you know, or something, you know, something <laughs> would have been, how awesome would that have been? Like, like, Oh my God, they're retconning everything. I liked, yeah, that would have been yes, cool. I liked that the guy who played Deathstroke was also the same actor who played um the 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 high school villain in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Um what's his name? Buzz? Is it Buzz? Flash. Uh, who's, Flash, yeah. He plays Flash Thompson in the very first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Same guy. Oh, I saw yeah, I saw the actor's name Joe Manginello or something like yeah. that. And I was like, that looks familiar, but I don't I was just excited saying. by the way that they they have finally freaking learned to put end credit scenes on these movies. Like DC has resisted, or Warner Brothers has resisted this for so long. Everybody's been like, "Where's the end credit scene after Batman or after uh, Man of Steel?" Doesn't exist. I don't think we had one at Wonder Woman, and I just think they're I think they're just like they're finally finally like, all right, here. And it's just like, why couldn't you guys have? You could have been doing that this entire time. Every other, even Fox does it. Fox was like, oh, we'll we'll do that. Like we have. No <laughs> Copy um yeah i it uh good that's a good a suitable place to move on from like at the credit scene um was there anything else you wanted to punch on uh justice league i i had a bunch of uh grosses i, the only, I was just I, I was gonna compare it to the uh foreign domestic or opening weekends of avengers and wonder woman i i won't get into that so much i just want to say you know in the next couple weeks there's gonna be a lot of stories about like you know the failure of justice league blah 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 you know did it bomb 
it made plenty of money. It's on track to make you know, to do fine. It's probably going to do better than Wonder Woman when it's all said and done. Yeah, it didn't open like the Avengers did, but it was never going to do that. If Warner Brothers thought it was going to do that, they're horribly. They need to really rethink their their lives. Um, I and just you know overall, keep it. It's not a mess. No, it's not a mess, and it, it did what it needed to do. And it was oh, and by the way, one one thing I didn't mention that I really wanted to, I was so so happy they freaking uh, had Danny Elfman do the score. That made such a massive difference for my viewing experience. Like, who was Zack Snyder going to use? Like some DJ I've never heard of. It's something like <laughs> McNasty or McSnasty or you know something, somebody like that. It's like thank God Danny Elfman who has done. You know, he was famous, you know, first, first big hit was his, um, you know, the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman theme. So you heard that, you know, he's able to actually reincorporate that. He was actually able to reincorporate the classic Superman theme. You know, when he comes back as zombie Superman, there's almost like a discorded version of that playing. That was kind of cool to hear. And just all the score was hopeful and classic sound. I'm like, this is what, this is, this should have been the score the entire time. And yeah. I just, it, it, I, I really, really hope they keep him around especially like if they do another superman movie please let him score it hans zimmer's score was just not good there's no, nothing about it was memorable i i just i was so happy to see that so i'll shut up now about just and no i that's great the the point about the music is really good i think it was junkie xl is that right i'm not really sure, <laughs> sure. um but i'll tell you i of course i get so much um uh, mileage out of just seeing Zack snyder at one uh, panel <laughs> at Comic-Con a long time ago. Um, but when I saw him speak about Watchmen, someone asked him why he used the Leonard Cohen version of Hallelujah um, instead of the Jeff Buckley version, which might have been better known at the time. Mm. And he was like, dude, I mean, when it's Leonard Cohen, like you go with the original and the best. And Justice League opens with a cover of a <laughs> Leonard Cohen song. But yeah. I couldn't help but think like, Oh, but you know, Snyder picked that one out. Like it's gonna yeah, open yeah. with a Leonard Cohen song. It's just they went with the cover instead of Cohen. But anyway. Um, oh, oh, one, one more thing, just on that note. Um, it's worth noting the only character who has their own sort of recognizable theme as a character is Wonder Woman. Yeah, totally. Nobody <laughs> else has a theme. And they didn't like it's just like and and uh Danny Elfman even pointed that out. He's like we got to get back to a place where movies have recognizable melodies again. Like it's just, we've gotten so far from that. And it's just, it was so refreshing. It's just like, Oh yeah, yeah I can actually hum the score going home. It's not going to be like, dun, 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 dun. Right, right, right. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You know, it's just like, that's, that's fine for some things, but like these we, studios should just know when, if you're going to do a tentpole movie, lean into that. Like, can you imagine back to the future? And they and this is worth noting because in the Back to the Future documentary, they talk about when they were thinking about the music, their first idea was to do a more classic 80s synth-driven score. Right. And so Back to the Future could have had like, you know, uh, you very just sort of a, kind of a minimalist synth kind of based soundtrack, which would have been okay. But they they brought in Alan Silvestri, who, by the way, composed the Avengers score in the first movie. Ooh. And that classic theme is Alan Silvestri. I'm just saying. Um, he came in and did the, the the classic score that we know and love, and that movie feels ten times bigger as a result of that music. And so, so it's just like, don't these are these are lifetime lessons. They don't. It's not these will th these things these these sort of techniques uh, surpass culture. Lean into this stuff. It's if people yeah. want this anyway. I'll, I'll, we'll move on. Well, I think I actually I think at this point we are close to an hour, so we should save your impassioned rant. 
and the uh, other big show we were going to talk about for another podcast. Maybe. Well, let's just sit. We were going to talk about Stranger Things too, but I think we should. Yeah, let's let's hold that because I think I there's no real quick way to talk about Stranger Things no, too. Definitely and, not. And um, I'm I'm going to just give a quick shout out. I've been watching Voltron: Legendary Defender on Netflix. I will talk more about it next time. Maybe we do like a, a just a Netflix episode entirely. We talk yeah. about a bunch of different stuff we've seen. But if you're if you are a child of the '80s, if you loved or even sort of kind of liked Voltron, please watch this. It's so damn good, and it's it's better than the original. Like it's it'll make you love the character more, and it'll make you. It, it, this is the best version of the character you're ever going to get, and it's just got some really great writing, some really great reveals i've been loving the hell out of it so i'll talk more interesting. about interesting yeah cool well where can people find this podcast well we are on apple podcasts and stitcher and anywhere podcasts are found i personally listen on pocket casts um you can also find us online we are at twitter and soundcloud uh, our username is find us there also on instagram find us there and of course find us there.org is our website we, if you're listening to this in 2017, have a lot of cool things coming in 2018. Um, things we've hinted at and talked about for a while. So stay tuned on that. I think uh, usually in January and February, we're a little quieter. I think this will be the first time we're going to be busier and louder. And, and I'm really excited to start the new year with some really cool announcements and stuff. So stay tuned on that. Cool. And we, we are planning to, so we do regular episodes of Todd and Taylor show that we call coffee and comics, where we just each pick one comic book and talk about it. Uh, and we're going to do another one of those this weekend. So it'll be up the week after you're listening to this, um, catch all that on findusthere.org. Thanks Taylor. Yeah, thanks Todd. See you later.